This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Sometimes it's so difficult to find the beginning in eternal things. In things that always have been and never had a beginning. We're entering into um, a new course, module, whatever you want to call it, in training center. If you remember, training center, good grief. I went gone. Talk about blast from the past. This is a training center. Earth is a training center. Um, if you remember, those of you that have been with us either online and welcome to YouTube, those of you that gather with us in the spirit, <laughs> and then those of you that are physically here with us, if you've been with us since the beginning of this year, we put together um, 12 months. We said, give us 12 months of your life, and at the end, you will not be the same. And so through this 12 months, even in spite of and in some ways because of COVID, we continued in the courses of study, modules on on faith and covenant, um, Holy Spirit. They just built something to come to the pinnacle of existence, which is worship and prayer our intimacy with God, our personal relationship with God. So we're entering into this new thing. It's, I can only speak to you guys tonight from my heart. I, I don't believe it'll be literal teaching tonight. I feel like, I, like God wants me to intro what's going to go on in these next weeks to the end of this year. I... During worship, you know, everything happens like you can have a plan, but then it's God's choice how the moments unfold. Totally God's choice. So in worship, Alex said, um, bring him your sacrifice. Do you all remember at that point? It was probably two-thirds of the way in, maybe three-quarters of the way in. And he went into a song. I was at the back, and he said, what will you bring to him as this, the sacrifice tonight? So I'm back there, and I felt like the spirit inside was, bring your words tonight. Bring, bring your ministry of teaching or worship or expression of worship. Bring what you're going to do with this module to me tonight, because... It's new. And what I've known in my heart was as when we got to this point, you're not going to be taught what you already know. You're not going to be taught the traditions of Christian worship. I feel like God wants to provide a space and time for us to actually worship. Different teachers, different ministers will minister. And I honestly can't tell you at this point how it'll all unfold because. When, when I did lift my hand and said, okay, I'm, I've taught worship in this house at various times for 20, 
for 25 years. And I knew when he said, sacrifice it to me tonight, that I wouldn't teach it like I'd ever taught it before. Because I'm going to actually teach it as I'm experiencing him teaching it. And I think every one of us need to enter into that kind of an experience in this module. That he will come to our hearts and he will stir us in ways that provoke us, that light our fire, that cause the fire. You know, sometimes God will blow on the fire that's already in you. You know, it's wonderful to have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And he is fire and the word is on fire and lives inside of us. But you can have a well-contained fire in a household fireplace or um, a wood stove, and you can keep it closed up and you can control it. You can put the temperature in the house to where you want it based on what type of wood you use, based on how wide open or shut you choose to make the flu. And I feel like what's happening in the earth is God and Jesus really deserve legit, unashamed um, worship. Worship that comes from our hearts, expression of our love for him and our appreciation of his love for us that comes from us. Sometimes spontaneously and completely raw, uncut, uncensored. You know, religion censors how you approach God. The father of faith, Abram, sat in a desert chanting. But his heart was calling out for the one true living God. And God knew that. See, God knows the hearts. The scriptures tell us God knows the heart of man. He knows who's truly after him. And so I would encourage you, we will not stray from the scriptures. However, these are far more protective and um, they give you far more permission than what most of us want to admit. We generally go as far as we're comfortable, not as far as he's comfortable. So tonight I'm, I'm probably going to share some, um, some personal encounters that I've had totally recently. I've, I just got back yesterday from a visit to my daughter's home at the beach. And um, God intermingled <laughs> encounters with him in family life like I'd never seen it before. And I've seen it a lot. <laughs> but there were fresh things. And so... I feel like he arrested my heart so that I could intro this module in a way that your heart would literally just unfold freely and unashamedly for how God will release you. Anybody scared? You know, it is okay to be scared. It is okay to feel like, oh my goodness, I'm going to come out of the closet. You know, honestly, I think that a lot of times true worshipers are closet worshipers. 
we say, well, I don't worship in public, so I worship at home. And I, I bow at home and I dance at home. And I do you understand that when we come together here, this is not public. This is the family gathering. This is the dinner table in God. Um, so, yeah, and we're, you're safe here. We're safe here. I'm safe here. I started off the whole thing by sacrificing my any preconceived ideas I have about worship. And honestly, I, I wasn't trained to teach worship. I got baptized in the Spirit, and God wrecked me. Just I had been in a denomination my entire life, and never really understood what do I do with this heart and how it feels when we sing the hymns and how it felt when I got on a choir and, and how, it, how it felt when I was teaching three to five-year-olds in a setting that technically my denomination, it was babysitting, and yet I'm literally feeling Jesus touching me so that they can be touched and but I never knew, what do you do with all this? What? And so I put it in the neat box of the doctrine of my denomination. And I didn't personally mean to squish it down, but I wanted to be, you know, appropriate. I wanted to be polite. I wanted to be respectful. Um, but through the years, there was this thing burning inside of me. It's called God, Holy Spirit, passion for him that I was never taught that it was meant to be public. I was taught how to do evangelism the proper way, how to lead people through Romans Road, how to pray the sinner's prayer with them, and how to tick a box and say, I did soul winning this week. And yet my own interior was in a prison. And I think in some ways, even in the charismatic church still today, the full expression of God inside of each of us, we've hemmed it in. We've sown neat little pockets of understanding and we put it there. So I arrive at the beach which is one of my favorite places. My husband, Neil, and I have been going to the Outer Banks for um, since 1976. <laughs> Most in this room weren't even born in 1976. Um, and I was in my 20s. And I fell in love with the feel at the ocean. I didn't know what I felt there. I didn't know that I felt free there, that I could allow conversations inside that were being had with God. I didn't know they were being had with God. I thought I was just loving nature, loving the ocean, loving how big it felt. You know, when you look, I love to sit at the ocean in a chair and stare at the ocean because it's so frightening. It's so huge. You can't see the other side of it. You know that if you go out too far, the waves can catch you. And that's it, sweetheart. You're headed out to sea. The currents are strong. But as I matured in God, after I got baptized in the Spirit, it became even more sweet when I would go to the ocean. Because God would captivate my heart with a freedom that caused me to begin to realize, you're supposed to flow like the oceans. 
you're not supposed to be like the beach. So I go there and about um, one of the first nights, and I'm, I'm sharing things because I, I want you all to realize what's happening now, here, even this very minute, God is setting us up to be taught by Holy Spirit how free we really are for expression. And you know, some teaching will come from Alex, and we know worship is not songs, worship is not music. Honestly, to God, we are worship. I mean, he wants to just breathe us in. We sing all these songs. Why do you think writers and lyricists are inspired to say, I breathe you in? Because God wants to hear that because he's breathing us in. Do you realize when he calls our hearts, that's what he's doing. He's like inhaling and sucking us back to himself. Some of these things that will be said by teachers, instructors, guides, worship pastors may shake your brain. I promise you it will shake your doctrine. But the reason it will shake your doctrine is so that the truth of that doctrine can actually grow further. You see, none of this word was ever meant to be put in a small pot as a house plant. Never meant to be a tiny. I have the cutest little succulent plant live on my windowsill in a little mason jar about that big around. She's going nuts. She's spiraling around, spiraling, She started out about this tall. She's now, if I stretched her out, she'd be about this long. But she's sitting on a tiny windowsill. I've thought about repotting her, but I actually like seeing her every morning. And I like seeing her struggle to go free. Because it's a reminder. Like, okay, God wants us to quit struggling to go free. So I find myself waking up at 3.30 at the beach the first overnight morning. I wake up, I'm hungry to worship. I grab my phone, put my earbuds in so I don't wake anybody up and I put on a worship song and that's it. Um, The rest of the night, um, and I'm sharing this because it shocked me, kind of. I mean, I love to worship and I can worship laying in the bed. I can Worship just with Jesus alone. But I began to weep and shake because the song was about the worthiness of Jesus. And I laid there with a realization hitting me I couldn't put in words. And I actually had no idea I'd come home and he'd say, these intimate encounters, I want you to stand up there on Wednesday and I want you to tell them about them. It wasn't even a new song, but it was a new day. And over the next few days, I went back to that song and he would speak to me each time. That was only one of the types of encounters, but he would speak to me each time and say, Kath, if you really want worship released in the earth, will you be a portal?
Will you admit that you can't continue to teach worship the way you've always been taught it or taught it? Will you let me guide the move in the earth? You know, I'm not the only person he's saying that to. I believe he's saying it to every single one of us. Will you let me guide the movement of me in you? Will you move when I move you? I laid in bed that night and sobbed like a baby. Experiencing something I don't have words for. But I know it's supposed to come to the earth. And I know in this house we're one of the major portals for it. Because for 34 years, this house has been a a house of the word of God. And the word of God turns the human heart to God. And the culmination of that is worship. I was thinking amongst all these encounters at the beach. Now I'm at the beach with my daughter and her husband. He's not my son-in-law, he's my son He's been in my heart since she was five years old. I know that sounds freaky, doesn't it? But it's the truth. He's older than her, and he was in our home group. And so here I am with them and their three kids and um, a labradoodle that thinks she's a tiny puppy that fits in your lap. So all this love is happening. In the midst of all of it, God is arresting my heart and actually more my mind. To prepare me to let this module happen. So I found myself in one of the encounters, sitting on a balcony listening to that same song this was in the daytime and the wind is blowing and I've never seen the clouds in the outer banks look like this there were dark dark gray ones at the perimeter there were lighter gray ones in the middle and then this perfect circle of blue sky with the sun coming through it so bright that it was blinding and yet a storm was brewing And I'm listening to this song and God begins to speak to my heart of the way that he's gathering the clouds that are full of rain. Hello, rain clouds. How much rain do you think you have in you? How much water for your own life and the planet do you think exists inside of you? If you have one seed of the living word of God, you've got an abundance inside of you. You see, God said to my heart one time years ago, I had an apple seed and I was looking at this apple seed and he said, there are orchards for eternity if that one seed were planted. One seed. What do you have in you? As you release your life to God, what will come out of you? You see, sometimes, I'll just say me, 
I think about, okay, if I really let go to you, Jesus, if I really let go, how much will I feel like a spectacle? How embarrassed will I be? How, not embarrassed like I'd be ashamed of what I'm doing. But I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, I don't want to be conspicuous. I think a lot of humans don't want to be conspicuous. That's why peer pressure traps us in prison at a very early age. Because we want to fit in. We want to be alike. We don't want to be different. And so the expressions of God are trapped. You know, we said at the beginning of 2020, this would be building blocks for 2020 vision. And I think some people thought we were talking about, you know, have a vision for life. That wasn't it at all. It was about seeing clearly. And I know for years here at Living Faith, I've heard about vision, that type of vision, not the seeing clearly, but have a vision, have a plan for your life. Not that it's wrong, but you can have a plan for your life and you can actually use this word to plan out a really good plan for yourself. You can live by, the Pharisees live by this word. They taught this word, they spoke this word. They just did it from here. And it's not wrong to have a plan. Okay, don't hear what I'm not saying. It's not wrong to have a plan. However, we can often have a plan or a vision, even for worship or what we think a worship ministry should look like, what we think a school of word and worship should look like. You see, I want to be reputable. I want this school. This school has to be word-based, and it is word-based. But if it's going to be 100% word-based, it has to be free. Or we're cloning Pharisees. And building another denomination. You see, if your freedom is trapped in what somebody else feels is appropriate for you, Jesus will be hindered and Holy Spirit will be quenched. If Jesus had done what seemed appropriate, he wouldn't have kicked over a tape. That's worth meditating to just talk to him. What was going on in you? What were you feeling? What incensed you? How did Father talk to you as you felt incensed by what was going on? You see, these are the things that have to happen with us. So building blocks for vision. In actual fact, Webster's defines it, defines vision as the ability to see clearly. I think God is coming to the body of Christ, coming to his offspring, coming to a breed of human being who he can actually say, will you open your eyes? Let me clear your sight so that you can see what I'm actually doing. Not big picture in the earth or in your church, but in you. I mean, I would have to say to some of you that have worked hard today and some of you drove far to get here. 
what would possess you to want to go out on a Wednesday evening after a work day and sit in a church? You don't have to, to win the favor of God, but there's something in you that is hungry. There's something in you that has been tapped by the spirit of the living God. There's something in you that is looking for something more. And it's a seed from God that is on fire. Are y'all with me? So if we have, if we even said in this time of worship teaching, worship study, whatever you, this course, if we planned it out, we could direct it and you would gain insight in worship. Possibly without ever worshiping. It is scary. It's a yikes. And I'm not saying any of these things as a diss against the church of Jesus Christ. I'm just saying he never said, go sit on a pew and learn the Bible. He never said, you know, breathe in my spirit and then make sure you act with propriety. You see, I was raised in a home with etiquette, with manners. It was all great stuff. But I'm a free spirit. And so just like sometimes natural schools don't educate children appropriately because they learn a different way. Anybody been in school and they didn't really know how to teach you? That happened to me in church. I grew up in a denomination that didn't really know what to do with a free spirit. Uh, I took a foundations course when when my husband and I joined. We rededicated our lives. Um, And we sat in a foundations course. And the teacher actually said... We don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit. But he never talked about him. He never said another word about him. He said, we know that he regenerates so that you can be born again. But then he never talked about him. Well, we're in a church where we've talked about him a lot. We just had a whole course about him. Now, what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with the fact that he wants us to be seized with power? Because we can even put power in a nice, neat box. Heal the sick, raise the dead, pay your tithes, attend church, feed the poor. You see, we we can do things that are the movement of the spirit, but what about the big ocean? That's swimming pool stuff. That's the things we know are right. But what about the freedom, the release, the creativity? What about in this room, any idea? I mean, I don't know how many people are here, 50 people maybe. How much creativity is in this room? How much expression in all kinds of forms? Maybe teaching, natural teaching, art, music, healing power. What desires do you have? What do you fantasize about? Not the icky stuff. No condemnation. I mean, in this worship course, he'll take care of that too. Because he doesn't judge. Except for the devil that comes to get us to do those things. But back to the other. What do you burn with? What do you love? What turns you on and you're like, I wish I could do that. It can happen in this worship course. Okay, so I have this other encounter at the beach. 
Are y'all with me tonight? I'm, I'm just introing this because I believe like the jam-packed four days at the beach that I had with these encounters, he was like, I'm telling you, Kath, if you just get in front of them and tell them, be prepared for change. Be prepared to have what they know or what they think they know expanded, actually unleashed. Are you prepared to be unleashed? I mean, probably other leaders in this church would think I was crazy to say this, but if you don't want to be unleashed, you shouldn't be coming here on Wednesday night. And I don't mean that sarcastically or, or snotty or anything like that, but something is happening in the earth and it's time for the body of Christ to just say, okay, Jesus. Uh, Oh, okay. I'm prepared as a teacher who's been teaching here for a long time to say, I know nothing of what he actually wants to teach us this module. I don't think, I think he wants to demonstrate in us. He wants us to feel free to let our guard down, to dance, to, to weep, to whatever in this room, but then to go out of this room, having been touched in that way and still be free not go into our other lives and feel as though, I don't know if they're going to accept this. Okay, so I'm, I'm sitting at the beach and um, I'm sitting in my chair and the water was so rough because, you know, those clouds that had been brewing, um, there must have been something happening out at sea and so... The waves were, I mean, there were what looked like riptides. The waves were huge. I mean, the white caps on the waves were like this, just big. And my three grandkids are playing in the water. You know, they're doing school remote while they're at the beach. And recess, I mean, I never had a recess like that when I went to school. But at their recess and on their lunch break, they're putting on surf suits and they're heading to the beach to boogie board and all this stuff. So here's this rough waves. Um, my son, Dave is in the water with them. They're completely unafraid. I'm sitting in a chair. Spirit of God starts moving on me in me and I'm watching this and inside I'm knowing this is what I want for all of you. Get in the rough water, get in the waves. I'm right there. They were unafraid. I mean, at one point live my seven-year-old granddaughter, this wave took her tumbled her and slammed her to the ground on the beach. She comes up out of all this white water. Dave's hand is right there. She grabs it. He pulls her up. She wraps herself around his leg. He pats her and off she goes to another wave. They were completely unafraid. Eli's going out there on the boogie board, getting on these things. They're plunging him to the ground. And I'm having an encounter with God that says, just like Dave is right there. And they know he's right there. I'm right here, Kath. I'm right here and you tell them I'm right there in their lives. Whatever wave they go through, whatever strong currents take them under, they think they can't breathe. They think they've been slammed to the ground in the sand. No, no, I'm right there. Don't be afraid. I'm going to train you in ways that you'll be unafraid of the deep water. You see, we think coming to church, this is not deep water. This isn't even the baby pool. This technically isn't even the water. No, no condemnation, no condemnation, Kathy. 
There's something else happening in the earth. Are you ready for it? Are you willing? Because you you need to understand your heart has pulled it to happening. (laughs) Your heart screaming out to God, your desires, your desperation has engaged the heart of God. Humankind is engaging God. Come, we need you. And he built us that way. I don't know why I keep going to these notes because none of them are making a bit of sense to me. None of them. In Luke 1, we see, um, and this is, I mean, in my brain, this makes sense that it's linked. If it doesn't to you, just take the seed and let him make it sense. Mary's a worshiper. Mary's this amazing young woman, but she's a worshiper. And God, in drawing her heart and her in drawing him, this relationship sets her up in a place where she's the womb. And she's so sold out to God. She's so trusting him that she gets this angel come to tell her the most crazy, unbelievable thing. But she's been caught in worship for quite a bit of her life. And so as she hears the message coming from God, she asks questions. The angel answers. And some of what he brings to her is that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. She wouldn't have any idea. I wonder, I don't even think she probably felt anything when all this is going on, except maybe some fear like, but then there's that faith that's trusted God, that's worshiped God, that has set her up to be a womb for the most spectacular success story ever. The complete emancipation is that the word? Emanci- what, emancipation? Of mankind. Complete, utter freedom. Because she worshiped and let a seed take root in her heart. You know, the beginning of the seed that took root inside of her was just the words of God. Preparing her to be enabled to conceive having never been touched. By a man. No, we won't have that encounter. But that was an expression through a life that God wanted us to realize you are a spiritual womb for encounters with me that will change the earth, that will unlock other lives. Are y'all with me? This is not going to be a normal worship course. And part of what will help it to not be just the typical worship course is y'all. As he speaks to your heart, take what he says to you. Go home and ponder it. Come here and be prepared to bring to this table expressions Practice them out there. Be unafraid. Bring them on Sundays. I say bring it on Sundays. 
You see, this isn't the only free atmosphere in this house. What if you're in your own heart and mind, really your mind, what if you kicking over tables in your own brain to get past the feeling of intimidation, the feeling of insecurity, whatever, to really release yourself on Sunday exploded this place? What if? What if you are a spark that could set the entire family on fire? I'm not trying to call people out. I'm simply saying if we all take the attitude that what I do will make a difference. You see, what if Jesus had thought, uh, does it really matter what I do? I mean, I'm the son of God. Hello? I don't have to impress anybody. I mean, none of us say those things out loud. Well, you know, I'm embarrassed. Somebody else is more an extrovert than me. But what if he had said that? What if the savior of the world had yielded to temptations to close his mouth when people spit on him? To not open blind eyes. What if he had said, oh no, I'm not messing with her. I'm going on to Jairus' house. It would have changed history. The woman with the issue of blood wouldn't have been healed. And it would have just been a healing, not a resurrection. (laughs) Come on, guys. A human heart that happened to be the savior of the world was moved by the Holy Spirit to take every encounter and every door that opened to him. Never feeling that it was an interruption, he viewed it all as the unfolding of his father's movement in and through his life. We are, we are a worship movement in the earth. The children of God are the movement of freedom because that's what worship is. To look at the father full on in the face, unashamed, unafraid, and express ourselves freely however we feel to. I'm not saying be obnoxious, interrupt everything. But if it's the Holy Spirit moving and you feel completely One of the things that happened in that encounter, the first night I watched the video, actually it's happening every time I watch the video. I I watched, I was telling Alex, I watched the video again this morning for my exercise on the treadmill. I had to keep turning the speed up. Not on the video, on the treadmill. (laughs) The energy stirring me because I was watching and worshiping and experiencing everything that God was doing And the way that you could see the nuances of Holy Spirit moving on and in musicians and singers and people sitting in the congregation, standing in the congregation, the spirit of worship was overwhelming all forms of insecurity, awareness of people. They were aware of nothing and nobody but Jesus and his worthiness. What happens when that happens? You see, there's no way we can just make notes of, well, God will do this and this and this. We need to let it happen. Are you with me? 
Jesus. For those of you that are freaking out that I've not said any scripture, I actually have said numerous scriptures, but I haven't given the addresses. Um, but for those who, and I'm, I'm really not meaning to be, that sounded sarcastic, didn't it? Yeah. But Deuteronomy 6.5, love the Lord with your whole being, with your heart, with your mind, and with your body. Love the Lord with your whole being. You see, even in the Old Testament, we, all, we love old and new. We love to put things in boxes, don't we? Just, you know, it just makes the book easier to read. But God's the same God all the way through. Um, but even in the Old Testament, all the way through, we're encouraged to enter into complete Worship. Worship where we give ourselves over to the experience in God. To use our entire self. You know, I've been, um, you know, we're trained just by the environment we're in, and so. To be in the environment of church, and sometimes because we're packed in, you know, we're, and especially now we're supposed to social distance. I mean, please, how are you supposed to do that? But anyways, we're trying to do the right things, but we're in a large room, lots of people, and sometimes it's hard to really move freely. So our excuse can be that, well, I'm in the middle of the row, or I'm in between rows, and, and all of this. And yet... Complete worship would be my thoughts, my movement, my intentions. I think we've not begun to tap what kind of movements we would make as God moves on us, as we sing, as we worship. There was something else I wanted to share with you all, and I, the thought came and went so quickly. Maybe it'll come back to me. I want to read, um, this will make you happy too. So Deuteronomy 6, 5, and now I'm going to go to Romans chapter 1. And I'm going to start reading it first. <coughs> Pardon me. At verse 19. And I'm reading in the Passion Translation. But this speaks of the invisible being made visible. Think about it. I said, um, vision is being able to see clearly. So listen to this. In reality, the truth of God, and this is, the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Romans to the church at Rome. So he's speaking to the church, and here's what he says. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively, for God has embedded this knowledge inside of every human heart. Do you know that you know things that you don't know that you know? Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance. Yikes. Because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as his eternal power and transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived, for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. 
I mean, the conception of a baby and then its birth. It starts out as what? One cell or something like that? And then you have a human. And then it grows up to be full grown. Like, that doesn't just happen because of a big bang. That's intentionally strategic by a creator and a master. So then this leaves everyone without excuse. Okay, say no condemnation. Our interior knows to do something with this capacity. But we've been trained by propriety, by doctrine, by I don't have time. I'm not in the right denomination to express myself charismatically. Yet the Bible says we're without excuse because God's invisible glory manifests at every turn. Throughout human history, the fingerprints of God were upon them, yet they refused to honor him as God or even be thankful for his kindness. And then it goes on and Paul talks about how people enter into corruption And it's not like people start out to enter into corruption. Now, if you haven't heard anything else that I said the rest of the night, please hear this. Because most of the time, we're not intending to go on a path where we quench God, quench the Holy Spirit. And yet, if we yield to tiny things like intimidation or denying our own heart because someone else doesn't approve, or... We just flat out are embarrassed to be a spectacle. Whether it's in a worship service here, at work. I'm not saying go in there and start babbling off in tongues and act like a lunatic. That's not what I'm saying. You see, Holy Spirit, he can do some really weird things. But if they're really weird, it's very strategic. And he's prepared hearts. It's time for us to truly trust That God has prepared the planet. When we see Paul teaching that we are without excuse in how we use our existence. And we sitting here tonight, we're not unlearned people. We're Bible people. We have the seed of the word in us. And what I want to do as we close tonight, and don't stand if you're not serious about this. And don't be embarrassed if you're, not, if you're unsure. Okay, seriously. We are free. We're free to decide on our own with no condemnation. But if, if you want to literally set yourself in agreement as a group, and if there's only one other person that agrees with me, it's done because it only takes two to agree. God says, if two or more agree, I'm in the midst of it, right? Scripture. Okay. So if you truly want to kind of be bold and step forward and say, you might even say inside, I'm kind of scared like what this will look like because I really, you're not, she's not giving us a plan. She's not saying what this is going to look like. Yet we're going to agree that we're going to allow God on Wednesday nights to fill us to overflowing, to teach us a new understanding of what us overflowing is. We may at first overflow in the familiar ways. That's okay. But when we set our hearts to agree together to say, you know, Holy Spirit, we do want to enter into the move of God in the earth. 
the move of music, the move of worship, the move of the expression of the invisible God and all of his glory and all of his goodness and all of his faithfulness and all of his promises being manifest, made visible so that people can meet Jesus. If you feel that that's what you want to do, stand. Seriously, no condemnation if you're not ready to make that kind of commitment because we'll do it again another time. Father, we honor you tonight. We say yes to the fact that you have called this a school, a training place to learn about the word and worship. I thank you, Father God, that our hearts are pure. We have no motives. We're not trying to be a spectacle to get attention. We want you to have the attention, Father God. We want you to have our hearts. And we say, use us however you choose. Love on us. Speak to us. Touch our hearts. Touch our minds. Open up our understanding further than it's ever gone before. We choose to honor you with our lives, with our experiences, with every moment of every day. We choose to breathe you in with every breath and then exhale you out in order that you could love mankind and draw hearts. I thank you, Father, for your creative power operating through these men and women that as they've yielded tonight and said, I want you to to take me further, Father God. Take me into the deep waves. Thank you, Father, that you will minister into their hearts. You will soothe with words of faith. You will soothe fears that any of us might have as we go down this path over the next couple of months. We thank you, Father God, that as a family... We say yes. And if there's anybody on YouTube that sees this later or is with us live and you want to agree with us, agree. We're family. So, Father, we say thank you for the power of agreement. Thank you that you said if two or more of us stood together, you're right in the midst of it. You've actually provoked us to want to say yes. So ahead of time, we say thank you, Father. Thank you for fresh expression. Thank you for an overflow and an abundance of truth that will cause mankind's heart to point back to you, to look you full in the face with adoration and devotion and commitment. We trust you, Father God. We trust you, Jesus. We trust you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, teach us where we may be quenching you and help us not to. We honor you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.